Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Learning with the Lion, a community read-through of the Gospel of Mark. Over the summer of 2023, members of the Ligonier community are coming together to walk through a 13-week exploration of Jesus' life, practicing reading the Bible together and asking what it means for everyday life. For more information, visit epiphanyligonier.org mark, where you can also sign up for our companion e-newsletter. In America, the vast majority of our conversations surrounding the future of God's actions come from a school of theology called dispensationalism. Dispensationalism is an end times theology that argues God has outlined different eras of the cosmos and interacts with the world differently in each era. The hallmark of this theology is a structured and rigid outline of the end times. It combines and categorizes the New Testament's teachings on the subject, and it's the theology behind the famous end-time pulp novels of this era, like the late great Planet Earth and the Left Behind series. Odds are, if you've heard about things like the Rapture and the Tribulation from a commentary or a church or a friend, it's likely related to this school of theology. It's also not a great school of theology because it often takes verses out of context, it ascribes literal meanings to figurative ideas, and it confuses the great end-time return of Jesus with more contemporary issues, such as in this week's reading, where Jesus' prophecy of the imminent destruction of the temple in Jerusalem takes priority over his return. It doesn't consider what's called apocalyptic literature in Scripture, and often shoehorns Bible passage into a narrative that doesn't naturally fit them. So when we come across passages in the Bible with dragons and pits of fire and flying beasts and bloody lambs and angelic eyeballs and resurrected bones, how are we to understand them? Do they have anything to say about daily living or the future that can be understood as good news to people living in 2023? In fact, they do. And the more time we spend with them and the more time we engage with apocalyptic literature, the irony is, is that these discomforting passages actually become good news. They may actually bring comfort to us, as disturbing and as otherworldly as they might be. So here are three principles to help you read through the apocalyptic literature of the Bible to understand its meaning and apply it to your life. First is that we recognize apocalyptic literature is a genre. It can be seen and studied in books that are outside of the Bible too, written by Jewish authors who yearn for God to intervene dramatically in spiritual and worldly affairs. There are other apocalyptic works from the Old Testament and New Testament eras that didn't make it into the Bible, but each one had a number of things in common. They all had this wild, otherworldly imagery, they all bemoaned the current spiritual state of the world, and they all imagined God intervening to separate the righteous from the wicked and fix everything that was wrong. The second thing we should remember is that we recognize that apocalyptic literature has more in common with poetry than narrative. This generally means that the extraordinary imagery of apocalyptic literature tends to be more figurative than literal. An example in the book of Revelation, John sees Jesus as a lamb that has been slain, a wounded creature that should be dead but isn't. And it's this lamb who is worthy to open up the scroll and pronounce judgment on the peoples of the earth, as hard as it might be for a lamb with its cloven hooves to get in there and try to break the seal and open and read the scroll. Is Jesus literally a lamb with a slit throat hanging around in the throne room of God? No. 
But in that context, the slain lamb imagery points to Jesus' death and resurrection in a way that emphasizes his unique role as the ultimate sacrifice, and by virtue of that sacrifice, he is indeed the king of the cosmos. Third, we recognize that apocalyptic literature takes its wild imagery primarily from Old Testament sources and ideas. Our first stop in reading apocalyptic literature is to find in this wild imagery allusions to Old Testament visions and themes. An example from our reading today. Jesus says that his return will bring darkness to the sun and the moon, and the stars will fall out of the sky. Yes, that imagery is shocking and scary, but that imagery goes back to Genesis and the creation story, where God formed the heavens and the earth. There will be a new heavens and a new earth, and the things of this world will pass away when Jesus returns. Jesus is intentionally drawing on the creation story to say that this world is passing away. It will be, in some sense, uncreated. And the thing that is coming in its stead will be better and brighter than anything we could ask or imagine. Put this together, and we see that our Mark reading this week is filled with apocalyptic imagery. The hyperbole of dropping everything once the sign of Jerusalem's destruction arrives. The wild visions of earthquakes and famine. The separation of God's people from the violence of the world. And the vision that the Son of Man is returning, riding on the clouds. All these are part of the apocalyptic genre of scripture. They all reveal parts of God's plan, glimpses into the future for what he has in store for the temple and the first century, but also for us when Jesus finally returns. Despite the danger and shock of apocalyptic imagery, the Bible wants us to see it as good news. Because for all the fire and brimstone promised by the prophets, and for all the blood and judgment promised by Revelation, for all the cosmic craziness that Jesus describes in our reading, the good news behind it all is this. God is going to come back and fix the world. He will gather up his children from across the world to save them from the punishment to come. He will judge the righteous and the wicked and separate everything out. He will set things right. He will do so with power and glory that to us may seem fantastical, but for him it is a normal way of being. His power and his glory, simply who he is, that's how he will accomplish his work on earth. The problem is not that it's fantastical or scary. The problem is, we just haven't seen it yet. Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania.